as he sips his morning refreshment. We say good morning to Dean Richards. That's uh, Gatorade. Well, morning hydration, morning hydration, morning beverage. Well, I'm not sure I can do a full show today. (laughs) We have almost a full show. Almost, almost a full show. We're on all the minus 15 minutes. 1245. How many weeks now have we only done? uh, I've only done two hour shows. You guys continue to (laughs) work like horses. But yeah, this is, uh, I believe uh, this is week 14 in the NFL. So 13 straight weeks. Yeah. At least. Well, there were a couple of Thursday nights. One Thursday night game, one Monday night yeah, game. Yeah, I'm so. exhausted already. I don't blame you. Well, I don't, I don't know how you do it, Andy. Show. I don't know how you yeah, do it, I don't it, know Andy. how I do it either. Andy is here with us early in the morning and then with his uh, two new friends. I think it's fear that motivates me at that time. <laughs> it's all adrenaline? Yes. <laughs> when Hamp and OB get here. Especially after last week. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Packer week never didn't go very well. <laughs> Started off pretty good. Yeah, should have ended the game at halftime. The game, yeah. yeah. How how I mean, I wish we had a camera on Hamp and Ob when things go bad. Yeah, <laughs> just to see what that looks like. It's uh, you know at, by by this time it it kind of looks normal because I think they kind of expected at this point that something bad's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's entertaining, I'll tell you that. Yep. <clears throat> you going to make it in there? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, I've been stressing out. It's like a full four hours. Well, it's th- three hours and 45 minutes, uh, which, you know, is nothing. We did that, you know, we did. We've done it for years. Four-hour shows, six-hour shows. Yeah. I remember once I filled in for Steve and Johnny overnight years ago. Uh, six-hour show by myself. Ooh. And uh, virtually no commercials. And no phone calls. And very few phone <laughs> no calls. No one wanted to call. None, none that I wanted to take. <laughs> Not that time. Uh, <laughs> I, w- I, I don't even remember what I talked about. Sure. Thank goodness we can, Thank goodness we don't keep very good records here. I can hear this about quarter after four. <clears throat> this is Dean Richards. You know, like I was uh, saying w, a couple yeah, of hours you know, ago. And I was, yeah. Um, nice to have you with us this morning. <laughs> so, does, does everything sound a little tinny? Yes. Yeah, we very. have a very weird feedback going on in there. Hello, check, check. Hello, check. What's turned on? Something's turned on. Something's turned off. It appears as though everything's fine, but it sounds weird to me. Do you have the graphic equalizer set properly <laughs> oh, in the geez. studio? Because apparently this is a very high-frequency uh, range feedback, uh, somewhere around 12 kilohertz. No. 12 to 15 kilohertz. Well, as long as it's 12 to 15, then I think I can do continue to do the full show. I'm not talking about age. I'm talking about the frequency response here. What? <laughs> what? Huh? <laughs> um... Yeah, I'm going to need as many distractions as possible. So, <laughs> okay, <laughs> this could be. If I'm I get pre- ready, everyone. I appreciate that you're listening now, but uh, if you really want some quality entertainment, I would tune in around eleven, eleven thirty, because I'm I'm predicting the whole thing is going to go off the rails right right around then. It's going to be some historic broadcasting coming up. I start off the show uh, today with the uh, great song, Kumbaya, in honor of the great Floyd Brown, Shwani, who you reported on in the newscast, who passed away this uh, past Friday 
longtime WGN TV and radio announcer, newscaster, uh, talk show host. Uh, talk about a jack of uh, many trades. Floyd uh, was a fixture here on WGN for 28 years, 54 years in the business, uh, but 28 of those here on WGN. He joined WGN. In 1971, stayed here until his retirement in 1999, and uh, I was very fortunate to uh, have worked pretty closely with Floyd when I first started here. Kind of showed me the ropes, showed me where the men's room was, (laughs) you know, all all the important things. (laughs) And what a gentleman to work with. Completely. Andy and I were talking about that earlier this morning, about what just a, a, a... Total, total gentleman he was. Yep. It was a pleasure to be associated and to work with him. Yeah. Always dressed to the nines. Yes. Yes. Sharp. Yeah. Not, not slobs like us. Nope. <laughs> right. <laughs> he could be working the overnight show and there was a suit and tie. Suit and there. tie. Yeah. All the time. But he did, uh, you know, he, uh, on, on television, he did uh, sports. He did uh, a booth announcing. When, when I started at WGN is when he was transitioning to radio only. So uh, I took over the uh, the announcing duties, you know, and out doing the commercials. That's when I did the Victory Auto Records uh, commercial 30, 32 years ago. <laughs> the, the announcer before me was Floyd Brown. Uh, and I don't know how long his version was on, but mine, mine has been on since, uh, since 1991. Uh, but uh, so he transitioned to radio, and uh, th- that was about the same time that I was uh, coming over to radio. And he and I did commercials. We, you know, we we just, you know, we worked on a lot of things together. And uh, he just could not have been a nicer guy and uh, supportive of you know the young bucks who are coming up and helping others. He uh, was just a wonderful man. But his radio show, Shawnee, that, that jazz show that he did on Sunday night, mm-hmm. was one of the coolest things ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he played all the, he had a vast knowledge of uh, jazz, played all the great songs. He had guests on his show. He did an investment uh, segment on his show, I remember, every week as well. And he ended every show with a recording of Kumbaya. That was his kind of his sign off sign off yeah. song. Yeah. So uh, we're uh, very sad to report on his passing. He was 92 years old. He just turned 92 recently. He is uh, survived by his uh, wife of 67 years. Hmm. His uh, lovely and very charming wife Betty. Uh, two children. I talked with his uh, son Keith for uh, at length uh, yesterday, and we. Uh, reminisce, but he had a son and, and daughter, and our condolences to them. Uh, there have been no arrangements uh, announced yet. Uh, he had only just passed away on Friday, so uh, as soon as they let us know about arrangements, we'll let everybody know. But he tells me that they are going to be public. So, for those who uh, you know remember uh, Floyd Brown and would like to pay respects, there will be an opportunity to do that it was good to see him at the one of the wgn walk of fame uh inductions well, certainly he was, he was inducted in 2016 yeah, i had a wonderful conversation with his yeah. daughter there yeah 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 that was the same year that i got inducted into that class also and uh that was the last time i saw him he, yeah he had um he had uh, re- recently suffered a stroke 
he was the comeback kid. He, he had had quadruple bypass surgery years ago, decades ago, and had battled cancer and had battled a stroke and uh, came back uh, every single time. As his son told me yesterday, he said, Dad always said, uh, Browns never give up. <laughs> so, well, so he just kept he certainly on, didn't kept on a fight. Yeah, and uh, I will always have very fond memories of him. Is uh, just as you say, class personified. Uh, he was involved in so many charitable organizations out in the Fox Valley area. He lived in Elgin the whole time uh, that he lived here. He's you know very very uh, renowned in uh, that area in particular, um, and. Um, yeah, I'll have uh, nothing but good memories about Floyd Brown, forever good guy. It, it, when you met him for the very first time, I remember seeing him for the first time. It was like you had known him for years. You know, he was that friendly very and that welcoming. approachable. Yeah, yeah. very welcoming. Um, yeah, we should, we should try to raise our standards a little bit. <laughs> yes, we should. I, I feel like I should try to lead that example. <laughs> After all, the show is... Your name's got on the my show. name on the show. Yes. Yeah. Would you mind uh, do, holding the show so I can go home and get a, a suit on? <laughs> I've got a nice. Andy and I could do the show. We got a nice a velour top on right now, but it's not. It's not Floyd Brown quality. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> well, Andy and I can. Uh, we can. We can uh, take care of this. You can go home, put on your suit, and come back and do the show. Can you imagine doing for all- radio? you imagine doing a whole show with a, a suit and tie? I had to in my first job. Four hours sitting, sitting there with a tie on? We we were required to wear ties to work my first job. Yeah. Had to. I had a job like that once. The boss used to say, if you dress sharp, you'll think sharp. Uh-huh. And I How said, long did you work there? He said, <laughs> you, you also worked at that station, my friend. I got, oh. I got news for you. That one. Yeah. Okay. Super CFL. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, and so I, you know, being the smart aleck that I sometimes can be. No. Uh, I retorted to him. So, so does that also mean that if I am dressed uncomfortably, I'll sound uncomfortable? It's <laughs> <laughs> good. And they just kind of did not looked appre- at you. Did not appreciate my no, humor. No, I don't think they would. Most people do not appreciate my humor. <laughs> Most people don't understand me. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so I think we're just going to stay sloppy. <laughs> All right. You know, one of the best things we ever did is when they took the web camera out of here. Oh, yeah. Used to be that you could tune in. Oh yes, you could watch everything that went on into the, the web when you, you turn when you, you went on the website. Us. Right, you could watch us, which meant we had to be fairly presentable when we did our shows. Mm-hmm. But the worst was like during the commercials. That's when things. That's when the things really fall off the the right. Yeah, the wheels. <laughs> People want to watch you eat. Any type you know? of gesture that was. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that when you saw me goofing around with the kids in the window? Yes. <laughs> I should. Well, I shouldn't put it that way. That doesn't you know, sound right. I was. It I was, was when when we were over at Tribune Tower, uh, as I affectionately love to call that old dump where we used to work. Uh, you know, we we were right on the street. We had the studio on the street in the window, and when kids would come by, I would make funny faces at them. I would make them laugh. 
Oh, yeah. Kids understand, you, you Uncle were, you, were, you were making me yeah. laugh. I had to do a newscast yeah. in one minute, and I look at you, and you've got Magilla Gorilla written all over your face around. there. I'm goofing around with the kids. The kids love their Uncle Dean. <laughs> uh, but on all these closed-circuit cameras on the web, everything, people are like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> It's a question I've been asking for you many a decade. I've been asking for 41 plus years now. Many yes. a decade I've been asking that question. So, <laughs> Well, anyway, let's. Uh, you have a lovely far-flung forecast. I'm and guessing. a very appropriate one. Oh, good. Yes. We love things that are appropriate. Uh, that is what we will get to right after this. far-flung forecast our weekly compendium of interesting facts and figures this week presented to us by dave kumbaya schwan well thank you very much uncle dean good morning everyone and since we are in the season to be jolly get out your compasses and protractors and we are headed way north and way west to north pole Alaska. Oh. North Pole, Alaska, near uh, not uh, far from Fairbanks, actually, with a population of 2,243. That's where Santa lives here. You're very close, actually. The, na- the uh, city actually is about 1,700 miles south of the actual geographic North Pole. Yeah. Santa, you know, Santa can see Russia from his backyard. He can see Russia <laughs> from the backyard there, yes. And 125 miles south of the Arctic Circle. So it is indeed uh, definitely an Arctic environment. And as you might guess, they get thousands and thousands of letters to Santa Claus uh, uh, at this time of year. Yeah, just for me? Just, just for you? Just from me. Oh, just from you. Just oh, from oh okay. Yeah. All right. They get uh, and there are streets named Santa Claus Lane, yep. Snowman Lane, yep. Chris Kringle Drive, yep. and as we said, uh, two thousand uh, people live there and are proud to call North Pole Alaska home. But you might not want to be there if you don't like cold weather because it is now eleven below mm-hmm. in North Pole Alaska this morning. Mm. So happy holidays and May. Merry Christmas. Yeah, take that, you elves. <laughs> Get back to work, you elves. We will have another seasonal far-flung forecast for you next week at this same bat time. 9.37 is the time. It's Dean Richards' Sunday morning on WGN. COVID cases going up. Flu cases going up. A triple-demic. Starting to form. We'll find out what all that means. From Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Central DuPage Hospital. Uh, Kevin, good morning to you. Nice to have you with us. Before we uh, get into all of that, I just wanted to touch base on uh, a story that happened this week. The death of uh, prominent actress, uh, Kirstie Alley, uh, died uh, 71 years old of colon cancer. Uh, how, How prevalent uh, still? is uh, colon cancer still one of our leading forms of death well it's not a leading form of death it's a it's very high as far as number of cases that we're seeing but fortunately cases that are caught early can be treated um but we are still seeing deaths and we're starting to see deaths actually in younger people now kirstie was 71 years old if i'm not mistaken right 
But we did have other actors who died younger. Everybody knows Eddie Olchek. He didn't die, but he, he was diagnosed at the age of 49 with colon cancer. So really starting to see the impact of our diet and what we're doing with our diet here and to a point where we've moved screening back from 50 down to 40, 45 and many people. Yeah. And, and it's as simple as that, isn't it? Of just going to get a colonoscopy. People cringe when they hear that word. Uh, I've never found it to be, you know, a horrible experience. Uh, it's, it's something that's over in a minute and, uh, you know, seemingly in a minute because you're, you get kind of hazed, hazed out while you're doing it. Uh, the preparation is a little time consuming, but, uh, I've, I've never found it to be a big deal. I don't know why people do. Yeah, I I don't either, Dean. Like you said, the prep is a little bit, okay, it's a day of inconvenience possibly, but the procedure itself, we give almost everybody gets a medication called Versed. And you forget it. You don't even remember. You say, gosh, I remember being in this room, and I remember being in the post-op area. But nobody remembers the, the, the procedure itself. Yeah, I've had it done several times. And when I've w- woken up, I've, I, I've said, uh, have we even started yet? It's like, oh, you're done. <laughs> we, have you yeah. half, we have you halfway out the door. Yeah. <laughs> so so it, People do have to understand that the importance of it, though, is so high because if we find colon cancer early enough, we can often treat that while we're doing the colonoscopy. The polyp can be removed, um, and the cancer is not allowed to advance. Yeah, and and that's really what it's all about. So I hope everybody will think about that uh, so they don't have to go through what Kirstie Alley did, what Kirstie Alley's family uh, had to go through. So what is a a triple-demic now that we're looking at? Yeah, you know, we if you remember a couple weeks ago, we were talking about the big increase in RSV cases, respiratory syncytial virus hitting not only pediatrics but adults. That's starting to slow down a little bit and actually decreasing here in Illinois, but still very high numbers. So that's the one part of the triple. The other two, our COVID cases are on the rise and on the rise rapidly, and influenza is skyrocketing. So right now with the three of those, when you look nationally, over 80% of hospital beds are filled, and that is unheard of at this time of the year. So very concerning with what's going on, the trajectory it's going on, and the lack of vaccinations that people have received. Uh, so what uh, do we do? How, how, do we, how do we fight this? <laughs> yeah, one, I would say if you haven't gotten your flu shot, please get your flu shot. I mean, we are looking at Big, big numbers of people who have been hospitalized. So seniors, young kids, please get vaccinated for influenza. The strain that is going around right now, influenza A, H3N2, is actually in the vaccine. So those who have been vaccinated are going to get really good protection. The problem we have is that not a lot of people have been vaccinated. And then when you look at COVID, then people say, oh, you know, I had COVID when we started, and therefore I'm not going to get it. We have to remember that we have this new strain that's been out. And that's what the new booster will cover you for. And we're seeing more and more cases of COVID. And it was that perfect storm where each one of these illnesses was kind of on the rise right when Thanksgiving hit. When you say that the influenza vaccine has the strain in it itself, does that mean uh, that, you know, like some people uh, experience, they get flu-like symptoms when after they take their vaccine? Uh, is, is Will that happen? 
Yeah. So, you know, so that's the response from the vaccine. People have to understand the influenza vaccine is not like COVID. COVID is, you know, we're looking at two different strains. For influenza, we have four different strains in there because it's kind of unpredictable. Not as predictable as as COVID because we know exactly what's hitting. For these, we start to make them a year in advance and we predict which are the top four that could possibly happen. This year, they happen to get it right. So we're not injecting influenza into anybody when you get the vaccine. You're you're actually getting a portion of the virus, which the body then sees and makes an immune response. So when people get it and they say, oh, gosh, I felt real punky a day after. Absolutely. That's your immune response saying, hey, something foreign is in my body and I'm going to fight it. And that's exactly what we want, because then it makes a response so that when it sees the actual virus, it's ready to attack it. Yeah, it's ready to fight it because it's already done that yeah. with, with the uh, vaccine. Yeah, so, you know, plan it, you know, so you, you know, can take it easy the day after, uh, you know, if, if that should uh, should happen. Uh, what what about the, uh, the latest and greatest uh, of the COVID vaccines now? Are we seeing any change? Are we seeing any increase? I know people have not been going to get uh, the uh, the latest. They, unfortunately, they haven't. And probably the big news this week, Dean, was that on Thursday, the FDA approved those the vaccine booster, the COVID booster for kids six months to five years. That was a gap that we didn't have with the booster. And now we do. So both Pfizer and Moderna have a booster for kids six months to five years of age. So parents who are concerned, you can get your child boosted now for COVID and get an influenza shot at the same time. Yeah, get these vaccines. I mean, it's, I mean probably things are not going to get much better during the cold months, right? When people are around each other in great numbers for the holidays, when people are inside uh, January, February for the, you know, when the weather is at its coldest, probably things are not going to decrease over the next few months. No, not at all. And I can tell you that the hospitals, when you remember how busy we were with COVID and the stress that was put on the nurses, the respiratory therapists, the physicians, everybody who works at the hospital, we're getting back to that point. We would normally start out at Central DuPage Monday where we would have open beds and we'd be ready for the onslaught of the week. These past couple of weeks, we have not had open beds. So we're starting holding patients in the emergency room waiting for discharges, which is not a good position to be in. Stressing the staff right now coming into the holidays, and we only are seeing these numbers continue to increase. So on behalf of the healthcare providers in your community, get vaccinated. So please, uh, we want to make sure we can take care of those who are ill. And uh, we're starting to get a little bit pushed. Yeah, and if you've got your emergency rooms filled with people because you don't have any place else to put them somebody who's coming in with something non-covid related that requires emergency attention uh, they're going to be affected by that as well right 100 percent. you know we have people that are frustrated hey why do they have to wait four hours in the emergency room five hours in the emergency room and if you look around these emergency rooms right now you're seeing a lot of respiratory infections so it is kind of like hey Get vaccinated so you don't have to go to the emergency room, just like you said. So those people who are coming in with appendicitis, with heart attacks, with lung problems can actually be seen much quicker and more efficiently and not make people wait. So that's probably really important message of do it for yourself, do it for the health care providers, do it for the community, do it for your family. Yeah, here's Diana, 
981-7200. You're on with Dr. Kevin Most. Hi, Diana. Hello. Hi. Oh, hi. Um, Dr. Most, I look forward to your segment every Sunday. I appreciate it. You've been really helpful these last three years through COVID. Quick question for you. I have an expired COVID test. It was expired in April of uh, 22. Are these still good? Is it like really you can't use it or is it like, I'm just wondering if this is good, if I can use it. Yeah, Diane. Diana, you know, the, these are the first time these tests were made. So they had to pick a date kind of to say, okay, how long are we going to have them on our shelf life? And they, they chose a date. The studies have all been showing that these tests are still good beyond their expiration date. So don't throw it out by any means. Um, you can continue, okay. continue to use them and, uh, and, and test yourself because, like I said, we still have treatment if you're positive for COVID. Okay, that's perfect. Just what I wanted to hear. So. Because I have quite a few of them. So, all yep. right. Well, thank you very much, Doctor Most. Yeah, your your milk. You're mil- welcome. Thank you. Your milk in the refrigerator from last April probably not so good, by the way, Diana. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> My milk lasts like five months now. I don't know how. I know happens, it. I, know, I yeah, noticed that when I when, when I've gotten milk. I, I bought a gallon of milk the other day. The expiration was like January thirtieth. Uh, I know. Like, I uh, have one that's up in March. Yeah, it's crazy. Kevin, can you explain that? How How is that lasting so long? <laughs> you know what? I, I do not know. I don't know whether they have additional preservatives in it. I don't think they do. So yeah. whether I don't have an answer for you I, on that one. I'm I, looked, I looked at the ingredients, and it was pretty much I buy organic milk. I don't That's want, what I do too, Dean. I, yeah, I don't organic. want the hormones yeah. and all that stuff in my milk. And I looked at the ingredients, and it was pretty much just milk. I didn't see a lot of things on there that I I didn't understand. But I don't, I'm a little concerned <laughs> that the expiration is like two months from now. Diana, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. We'll take a quick break and come back with more with uh, Dr. Kevin Most next. From all of us at WGN. Merry Christmas. And happy holidays. The number to talk to me and Dr. Kevin Most, 312-981-7200. That would be John uh, waiting to speak with Dr. Most. John, you're on WGN. Hello. Hi, Dean. Hi, Doctor. My question is very simple. Um, I've gotten all the boosters. My last booster was in September. And I keep hearing commercials that if you have a, a shot for two months, you should go get another one. Is there a new shot that I should be taking, or do I get another booster now? No, John, and, and that's one of the sad things about the ad. It's a little bit confusing. Because it, it seems like, oh, every two months I'm going to need to get a shot, and that is not the case. So you had the full series, and then you got the new booster. You are set. Correct. There's nothing more that you need to do right now. There's no new booster out there. And it is. It's very confusing. And communication is probably the most important thing that we have fallen on our face for the, with this. But for you, you've had your series. You've had the one booster that we have that's available right now. You are set. Nothing more you need to do. Just be careful about those around you. Thank you very much for clearing it up, Doc. All right. Thank you for You're the welcome. call. Good luck to you on that. Debbie, thank you very much. Thank you, sir. You're on WGN. Debbie, hi. 
Hello, how are you? Hello, Dr. Most. Thank you for taking the call. Hello. Quick question. Um, my husband and I uh, were in our 70 and 73, 72, 73 years old, have been boosted, have been vaccinated for the flu. I mean, we're up to date with everything. We seem to have for the last week to week and a half a continuing hacking cough, uh, sometimes congestion, sometimes not congestion. Is this just a case of the flu? Um, I, I know you wouldn't know, but is this typical at this time of the year? Yeah, Debbie. So really what you're talking about is probably more of, I hate to say it, just a routine cold. You've already been protected. And I didn't hear we had these high fevers. We had these body aches. You sound like you have more congestion and cough and, and cold symptoms than you do anything else. If you've been fully boosted with COVID and you've had your influenza, so I really appreciate that, especially in individuals who are 70, 73, there are still a lot of upper respiratory infections that are going around, just that common cold. For that, it's going to be a couple of days of congestion, but that cough can linger probably for another seven to 10 days. So no fever, no shortness of breath. I wouldn't be concerned. Just do all the things that you can to minimize the symptoms. Should she uh, do anything like uh, any cough medication? I had I had that same thing, uh, Debbie, uh, years ago, and my doctor told me that the more I cough, the more I'm irritating everything. That well, you know, when uh, you lay down at night to go to sleep, it's like everything cuddles or fools in your throat, and you're up all night happy. Yeah, should should she take some kind of cough medication or? Uh, you know, uh, get an inhaler uh, from from her doctor to treat well, her lungs. You know, the inhaler is good for people who cough during the day um, because it's irritated during the day. Those who cough at night, it's exactly what what uh, Debbie said. You know, she lays down and now that drainage hits the back of her throat and hits the cough receptors, and she does. So, two things there. I say either sleep propped up a little bit, so gravity helps that stay off of those, or a cough suppressant at night and guaifenesin. Guaifenesin is something very simple that is an expectorant. It loosens it up and makes it easier for you to cough and easier for it to drain. But really, uh, the, the only really good cough syrups that will actually knock out a cough are codeine-based. And we've really gotten away from them because we have to remember that cough is a defense mechanism. It keeps stuff out of our lungs and keeps us with bronchitis, not going to pneumonia. And how about like mucus, like when you wake up in the morning and you, you cough and you try to spit it up, that's normal? <laughs> yeah, because that Enjoy your breakfast, everyone. From you. <laughs> 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 that has built up all night from you not blowing your nose and coughing during the day. So if you go a period of eight okay. hours, the, the thing I tell people the most important, get in, take a really hot shower, get some warm tea and honey, and that stuff will break up a lot quicker in the morning. There you go. Debbie, good luck Thank to you. Thank you, and I, I apologize. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm a lot oh, of no, it's, it's fine. A lot of people are going through the same thing you are, so thank you for the call. Yep. Appreciate it. Dr. Most, we always appreciate you joining us. I hope you have a wonderful Sunday. Dr. Kevin Most is the Chief Medical Officer, Northwestern Central DuPage Hospital. Thank you, my friend. Take care, Dean. We'll talk soon. So, Andy, are people uh, still going nuts over world soccer? Right oh, yeah. Now, yeah. Now that we're out of it? Yeah. People are still uh, dialed in. And uh, a couple of really good games yesterday with uh, France over England. And 
the uh, Morocco Portugal game was on uh, while we were uh, while I was here yesterday, and uh, that was a pretty big upset. That's a pretty big deal, right? Yeah, that uh, and it's like the first African country to to get uh, yeah to get to the uh, semifinals. To yeah. yeah, that's uh, that's cool. So uh, they're they are in their final four now, right? Correct. Final four, and that's uh, you know, it's it's come to this. I mean, it seems like a long time ago that it that it started, but it's only it's a couple of weeks. Yeah. I had a full head of hair when this whole thing started. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I have pic- we have pictures to prove it, don't we? Yep, we do. <laughs> um, so, so, so it's France, France, and Morocco. Not that I'm not following yeah. it, uh, you know, meticulously, but yeah, it's France. France will play Morocco. Correct. That's on Wednesday, and then Argentina will face one of the other big upset uh, teams. So that was Croatia. So mm-hmm. Croatia and Argentina will play on Tuesday. Okay. Croatia actually beat Brazil in penalty kicks. Mm. Yeah. And then the winners of those two games go they on. Will, yeah, they will to meet the final. for the final. That's on Sunday, a week from today. A week from today, yeah. And then the uh, the two teams that lose will play for third place uh, next Saturday. Okay. Hey, Shwani, you want to go to some bar at like three o'clock in the morning next Sunday to watch <laughs> and watch the game? Yeah, it'd be fun, right? <laughs> Another place to do the show from. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I well, smell any remote. place in particular you have in mind? <laughs> well, there's that place. What's that place? Fadao? Fadao? Oh, yeah, right there on, uh, right on down, Grand. Right down the street. Yeah. I, I see people Clark lined and up Grand, out there all I the think. time. Yeah, Fado. 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 A dear, a female dear. Fado. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I see people out there all the time when I come in in the morning. Lined up, uh, yeah. you know, watching, uh, presumably watching games in Europe, I guess, right? Yeah, they watch the Champions or, League. Or and, Qatar, is, yeah. in this case. Exactly. All right. All right, it's a date. We'll be there. Uh, if you don't see the three of us there next Sunday morning, <laughs> 3 o'clock, start <laughs> that with... That means the games are over. Yeah, start without... <laughs> now, that's when a song was a song right there. Late Whitney Houston. Uh, this is the title of the new movie that's going to be coming out in a couple of weeks about the life of Whitney Houston. There's a new Whitney Houston movie called I Want to Dance with Somebody uh, that I saw the other day. I'm going to be interviewing the cast later on this afternoon. So uh, I got a chance to see it ahead of time and I really liked it. I didn't think I was going to like, uh, you know, a, like a biopic like this. But it's really well done. Uh, most of the music that you hear in this mo- movie is Whitney Houston singing. Like uh, 22 out of the 25 songs in the actual movie uh, is uh, Whitney Houston, who is, uh, you know, arguably one of the greatest vocalists of all all time. Andy, you must have spun quite oh, a few Whitney yeah. Houston songs. Yeah, definitely. I, in I your will, DJ days. I will always love you. Yeah. My goodness gracious. I heard that song 15 times a shift. <laughs> okay, maybe that's a little bit of an exaggeration. Not much, because I, I was still spinning the discs back then, too. And uh, it it remains one of the most popular songs of yeah. all time. Yeah. Uh, the, the the Whitney Houston version of that from the movie The Bodyguard. And uh, I played played all of her hits. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was I was playing all of her hits. Um Shwani, was that, was this part of your DJ? Not my DJ days. No, yeah. no. That, by that time, that was uh, you know early to mid eighties, and I was doing all news here. Yeah. Uh, no, the no Whitney Houston. Uh, you know, 
there's Diana Ross and uh, right. you know people like that. Certainly Aretha Franklin, right, but uh, right. Whitney came along a little bit what, later. What a phenomena she was! You know, yeah. do you know when she was first starting off? Her first single was um, uh, what was it called? Uh, not saving all my love. It was no, the, it was the other one. It uh, was right before saving all. Right, my love. saving love all. You give, you give good love. You give good love. You that was before love. saving all my love yes, for you. Yes. Okay, yeah, that was the first uh, single because I forget whatever station I was at at that time. Uh, the record people, it's like, yeah, you want to go see this singer? She's an up and coming singer, uh, and she's going to be at the Park West. Hmm. Saw Whitney Houston. You saw her at the Park West? At the Park wow. West. And blew the roof off of that joint, uh, singing uh, you know, singing all of her songs. I'd never heard a voice like hers. Uh, and to see it in close proximity like everything is at the Park West sure. uh, was uh, was quite amazing. But this, this movie is pretty cool. Uh, if, uh, it brought back a lot of memories. I thought it was going to be a puff piece on Whitney Houston. Because it's sanctioned by her estate, and I thought, you know, well, they're just not going to put any of the bad stuff that went on in this movie. All the bad stuff's there. Is it? It's yeah. a very truthful story yeah. of, uh, you know, the warts and all. It's, it's all there. And uh, this actress who plays Whitney Houston in the movie, her name is Naomi Aki. She is a British actress uh, who looks enough like Whitney Houston. Uh, but she had to learn to sing like Whitney Houston as well. She has said in interviews, I'm not really a singer, but she had to learn her pacing, you know, her breathing, her style, because of it, as it turns out in much of the movie, I'm watching this going, this sure sounds like Whitney Houston to me. You know, that, you know, Andy can attest. We've played these songs so many oh, yeah. times. Yep. Like we know every nuance of every song from playing them so often i said sure sounds like it to me and then i did a little research about it after the fact she uh, they they used actual whitney houston songs uh for 22 out of the 25 songs that are in the movie it's wor- it's definitely worth seeing it opens i think on the 23rd it's just before christmas time and we'll uh we'll have interviews uh on that then Still like that song. I will always love you. The Dolly Parton song. Yeah, Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, uh, her other, you know, How Will I Know. The Greatest Love of All. The Greatest Love of All. Uh, all these fantastic women. Those were all the, we were we were playing those uh, when I was at WFYR. Yeah. In, in mid-80s. Yeah. yeah. Can I ask a question? Uh, I see a hand up in the audience. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, uh, uh, this really would apply to both of you here. I, I was just wondering, since you played the Whitney Houston records, uh, this was during the transition from all analog into digital. I, I was just wondering if you played them actually from a disc, or were you playing them on uh, a cartridge tape, Andy? Uh, Dean, uh, maybe you want to chime in here. Andy, go ahead. Well, we uh, we did transition from uh, the cartridge tapes to the uh compact disc right around the time that yeah. uh, i will always love you came out it was i would say that she was kind of representative of that era when we were switching from you know we they, they would send us the actual records you know the vinyl records 45s or albums and then we would transfer them to these taped cartridges that, mm-hmm. that looked like 
eight-track cartridges. They, right. they were not eight-track cartridges, but they looked just like them. So we could easily just plug them into the machine and play them. And then this fancy-schmancy new technology called compact disc came out. And every everything was uh, transitioned over to that. Yep. And we played the songs off of, as we in the business uh, called them, CDs. Yes. The ride with you was worth the fall, my friend. Oh. Loving you makes life worth living. Good, fantastic song. Didn't we almost have it all? Oh, and... The greatest Super Bowl national anthem of oh, all yeah. time. Oh, yeah. 1991, I want you know, to say. I, I, was, I was wondering, when you were talking about all the songs in the movie, did were they able yes. to work that in? Yes. Excellent. Giants yes. and Bills. Yeah. Yep. Yep. They they showed, they, they showed you know, Whitney's anxiety leading up to uh, going out there and singing. They, they brought her all these dresses, you know, these fancy dresses to wear. And she said, no, I don't want to wear a dress. I just want to go out. You know, like a foot, like football fans go out. I want to go out and remember. She just had sort of had a like a jogging suit or something, yeah, and her white. Hair, hair pulled back mm-hmm. and a headband, and went out and killed it. Uh, it to to my for my money, the greatest version of the national anthem ever. It gets a lot of credit for that. That yeah. was during the Gulf War, and it was right right? Yeah. right when the Gulf War started. So yeah. everybody right. was just really in a very emotional, very patriotic uh, mood, patriotic emotional mood. Yeah, yeah. They show the in, in the movie while she's singing, the jets preparing to fly over the stadium. You know, with mm-hmm. the colored smoke, uh, you know, that capped off her performance. Uh, the movie is called "I Want to Dance with Somebody," and it opens on the twenty third. And uh, I'll be telling you much more about it as we get a little bit closer to it. And uh, as I said, I'm going to be interviewing uh, Naomi Aki. She's uh, the British actress who plays Whitney in this movie. Oh, you know who else is in the movie? Stanley Tucci. Hmm. Oh, wow. Stanley Tucci plays uh, record executive Clive Davis, oh. who really uh, you know, championed Whitney. And her young career, and uh, you know, really made her the megastar that uh, she is. But Stanley Tucci is great in the movie. All the, uh, really great performances throughout. And here's the other thing that I like about this movie. I didn't mean I, I had no intention of giving this much of a review of this movie, but now we're <laughs> deep into it. It's okay. Uh, what what I don't like when they do movies like this is where you don't get full songs. You know, they'll give you oh. like a minute's Oh, work, a snippet of it? A snippet or a montage yeah. or something. You get the full versions of the songs in this one. Makes the movie a little long. It's two hours and 20 minutes, but it's very entertaining with all the all the music that you get to uh, experience. So, you know, if you grew up to, to Whitney Houston's music, it's going to be extremely nostalgic for you. I also saw the new Avatar movie this week. Wow, hold your excitement that back. That was where we yeah. thought you were going to continue there. Wow, hold your excitement back. <laughs> so if I didn't see the first one, am I going to be lost? Yes. Okay. Yes, you are. <laughs> well, that makes two of us, Andy. You better, you better block out about 12 hours of time because these are not short movies. Uh, the, this movie is three hours and 13 minutes. Ooh. What? Yeah, three hours and 13 minutes. Wow. Nope. Uh, the first, I forget how long, the first movie was something like that. It was over three hours, I remember. 
Uh, but this one is also very long. And they're saying, you know, that people are going to go nuts to see this new movie and this and that. My reaction so far that I've been getting from people very much like the non-reaction that both of you just had. I don't think people are as super excited as the industry would have you believe. Are, are, are you either anxious? For, neither of you saw the original movie. No. Nope. <laughs> Never did. Now I did see the original movie, of course, because I had That's re- your job. That's my job. Yes. So I had to go see it. But I've never <laughs> I have never had the desire to see it again. I enjoyed it, the first movie. It was very innovative at the time. Uh it's it's beautiful. It's a very interesting, imaginative story. And I was done with it after I you know, after I saw it. Well, apparently there's been just enough interest where, you know, they would be doing uh, sequels to it. Do you know uh, James Cameron is the director who gave us Titanic? Titanic, yeah. You know some of the greatest movies of all time. He when he filmed this sequel, Avatar: Way of the Water, is what it's called. When he filmed Avatar Two, he also filmed at the same time Avatar Three and Four. Whoa. He did at the same time. Same time, wow. and he's got, and he's got a fifth one planned, also. Oh. But uh, so it's that opens this coming Friday. Um, I'm really curious to see if people are going to go to the theaters and like you know saying Avatar will save the movie industry. I, I I just don't feel like I feel I feel like the technology that blew us away in the first movie. I mean, there was remarkable. I remember having a conversation with Roger Ebert about the 3D in that av- the first Avatar movie. That neither of us are particular fans of uh, 3D generally in movies. Generally, it's not that good, but it was spectacular in the first Avatar movie. And I remember having a conversation with him about that. Uh, and this one is also 3D. The the new one is 3D, but. Um, I think technology has kind of caught up with that. I don't think we're that impressed. We, we, we've seen, you know, IMAX, and we've seen like so many other things now in movies. I don't think we're going to be that blown away, but technically, by what we're going to see in this new movie. So it's kind of like old hat, and we're waiting for the next best thing. A little bit. I think it's a yeah. little bit like that. Yeah. Hmm. So. All right. Well, uh, I miss the IMAX theater at Navy Pier. Me too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that sort of came and went. And I wonder if that's part of what I'm saying. It's like Maybe, People yeah. are just not as blown away by all that as they used to. They'd rather stay at home, you know, and watch things on their big screens at home. And apparently for you two, it's going to be... <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be Apple Dumpling Gang for both of you. All right, let's get to it. Our weekend theater segment. What's going on on stage in Chicago? No shortage of holiday productions for you and the family uh, to enjoy right now. Our weekend theater segment this week sponsored by Chicago Symphony Orchestra's Merry Merry Chicago. And, uh, well, you know, we know about all the big shows that are going on in town. Dear Evan Hansen, by the way, has just opened, and I wanted to bring to your attention, it's not a holiday show, but 
uh, definitely that is one worth seeing while it's here in Chicago. But we've got all kinds of uh, holiday productions to talk about uh, that this week. And I wanted to do that with the uh, the brand new uh, executive uh, director of the League of Chicago Theaters, Marissa Lynn Ford. Uh, Marissa, welcome to WGN. Nice to have you on with us. Oh, thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to to be on with you today and um, and talk about Chicago theater. I don't know. Am I still allowed to call you the brand new executive director of the Chicago theater? Yes. It's been it's been a while. The, you've been in office, I guess you might say. Oh yes, it's been a little over a month, so I'm I'm still in the honeymoon stage, and I'm I'm enjoying it. Oh good, oh good, very good. Well, the first of all, just to even explain what the League of Chicago Theaters is, so everybody understands. Oh, absolutely. So the League of Chicago Theaters is a nonprofit organization that supports and advocates for the theater industry across Chicago. So we supply um, professional development. Uh, we help. We have hot ticks and half price tickets uh, that we give to the city, and those profits go directly back to the theaters. Um, and a number of training and networking opportunities for all of our theaters. So we have a little um, over 200 member theater organizations in every neighborhood across Chicago. Yeah, in other words, uh, this is the organization that kind of represents all of the theaters, large and small, in the Chicago area. Uh, And uh, one of the things that uh, most people know best is Hot Ticks, H-O-T-T-I-X, hotticks.org, where, as you said, you can get uh, half-price tickets to many of the shows. Uh, I always tell people, you know, before you buy a ticket for any show, uh, check out Hot Ticks first and, you know, see if you can get uh, the tickets a, a little bit cheaper. Who doesn't want to save a little money? Uh, and you can go Absolutely. To, yeah, you can go to chicagoplays.com uh, for that. It's hotticks.org or chicagoplays.com to get uh, more information on that. But uh, I wanted to talk specifically about uh all you know some of the great holiday shows that uh we've got going on we've we've talked about many of them uh here uh on the show the last few weeks we've had some of the casts in to chat with us and perform for us uh but uh, yeah i wanted to try to you know hit uh, as many bases as we can today where should we start off well, Dean, first I wanted to say, you know, I love your uh, recommendations. I I see you've already touched a little on uh, Dear Evan Hansen uh, with Broadway in Chicago and Elf at uh, Drury Lane, uh, Steadfast Tin Soldier at Looking Glass. Right. Um, so appreciate you for highlighting those uh, this past week. Um, those are great shows for people to check in at the new in the loop and and around the north side of the city. So thank you for that. Yeah, well, I mean, um, don't, don't then, you think that... I mean, this time of year, people have a little more free time. You know, hopefully they're off for the holidays. They want to do something with the family. They, you know, maybe come downtown or go to one of the suburban theaters or one of the city uh, theaters. They, They have a little time. So, you know, we should try to tell them what's out there at least, right? Yes, absolutely. And so I and theater is really that unique experience unlike any other. So I, I definitely want um to highlight those and thank you for that. And um if you're on the north side too, you want to check out uh Jackie Taylor's Joy to the World. I look forward to seeing that. Um that's a black ensemble theater. Um so that's going to run on the seventeenth and eighteenth of December. So that's 
Um, Jackie has been great in the community, and sure. her shows are always a true joy to see. So I'm now, excited uh, to see that myself. Now, if I remember correctly, this show, I think I've seen it in the past, where, I mean, Jackie is sort of famous for bringing to life the music of some of the most legendary artists of all time. And she has uh, these her performers doing songs as some of these legendary performers uh, in, yes. in kind of a cavalcade uh, show of, uh, you know, some of some of the greatest of all time performing their holiday hits. Yes. Yeah, so you, you have to um, see that Jackie. Yes. As you mentioned, Jackie is is the pro at doing this and um, she's been doing it for a long time. And, and really, that is her her area and field. So really excited to have people see that production. Yeah. Now, we we told and, we told everybody about uh, It's a Wonderful Life live from Chicago, uh, the American Blues Theater production that's at the Chopin Theater through December 23rd. But there's another version of It's a Wonderful Life on stage that's being performed as well, right? Right. So you have uh, uh, American uh, Blues Theater, but also at Oil Lamp Theater, um, if you're up in the North Shore, they have the live radio play. And I and I really enjoy seeing the uh, the folly and the... Um, the actors with the different uh, noises as the play goes forward. Um, so the live radio plays is a new way of experiencing It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, that's a really a really fun way of presenting this story that we know from the movies, you know, the, via television mostly. Uh, but it's, uh, you know, it, it's just a nice story. And that's going to be running uh, at the Oil Lamp Theater on the North Shore uh, now through December 30th. So plenty of op- yes. opportunities to go and see that. Yes. Yeah, so um, and that's that's a, a true classic. And then and then also if you're you're up north, if, uh, I would I would suggest everyone go see Manual Cinema's uh, Christmas Carol at Writer's Theater. Um, this is uh, I got a chance to see this uh, one of the first pro- productions of this, and um, they have puppetry, they have shadow puppetry, and what they've done with the story to bring it into today's time is um, absolutely heartwarming. And there won't be a dry eye in the house, so yeah. um, I hope everyone has the opportunity to check them out as well. Yeah, and I think we are. Uh, I believe we're one week away from the first night of Hanukkah. Uh, are there Hanukkah offerings to be had as well? Well, a- absolutely. Um, so we have um, for Hanukkah Herschel and the Hanukkah Goblins. Um, that's with Straw Dog Theater Company uh, at the edge of off Broadway. So um, that's going through January first. Um, so there's something for everybody. There's a story for everybody during this holiday season. Yeah, it's a, a, a story. Herschel and the Hanukkah Goblins. Has has become kind of a holiday tradition in Chicago. I don't know how many years it's been running, but it's been uh, quite a few. And the the story of whether Herschel uh, will outsmart the uh, Hanukkah goblins who haunt yes. <laughs> haunt an old synagogue. So it's a it's a you know a very sweet and uh, loving story that kind of tells the. The history of uh, the holiday as well. So that is uh, we're a Straw Dog Theater company, you said, right? Yes, that's uh, Straw Dog Theater. Absolutely. Okay, and that's running through uh, January the 1st. What You know what? Let me take a break, and then we'll come back and talk about uh, some of the others uh, that are out there right now. If you've got questions 
uh, about shows to see if you've seen some of the shows that you would like to recommend. Uh, I'd love to get your reviews on some of them. I, I hear from you on our text line uh, frequently. Give us a call and uh, tell us what you think of some of the shows that maybe you went to see. 312-981-7200. Dean Richard Sunday morning on WGN. Our weekend theater segment. What's going on on stage in Chicago? We always have a lot going on, but holiday time? Man, get out there and see some of these great shows uh, that we've got coming up. Marissa Lynn Ford the new executive director at the League of Chicago Theater. And, uh, uh, Mercy, you must be very proud, uh, having come from the Goodman Theater, that uh, the Goodman's uh, latest production of A Christmas Carol is up and running, right? Absolutely. The magic uh, that Goodman presents of A Christmas Carol every year is is always phenomenal, and it's a great production to bring your family. People have been bringing their family for years um, to see that production across generations. Isn't so, that like the 40-something 40, 40 a year that uh, the Goodman has been doing A Christmas Carol? Yes, yes, over over uh, 40, 40 productions, 40 seasons of A Christmas Carol. Yeah, that's amazing. And it's uh, always innovative. It's always extremely creative. Uh, and that is running through December the 31st. What else do we have uh, going on? We have so many, uh, you know, other theaters in the Chicago area. Yes, so um, if you're if you're a little trying to get a little bit away from the the holidays, um, I'm excited this evening to go see Bob's Sisters at uh, Steppenwolf Theater this evening. Um, so that's an opportunity for people to take a, a little break from the from the holiday season. Um, but I like still that. I like, I like the I like the bald part of that whole thing. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, uh, check them out up, up at Steppenwolf running through uh, through January 15th. It's, it's going to be an exciting story. And also at about uh, with About Face Theater, in partnership with Silk Road Rising, there's Mosque for Mosque. Um, so um, that's a comedy as well um, outside of the holiday realm that that people can take a look at over at the Den Theater. Yeah, uh, you know, also not strictly holiday related. Uh, I had been talking about the Paramount Theater's production of A Sound of Music. Beautiful. That, Absolutely beautiful. Isn't it a beautiful production? I've, I've uh, you know, they had so many people uh, talk to me since I gave it a, a rave review. People have been, you know, contacting me, telling me, oh my gosh, you're so right. I'm so happy I took the family, the whole family. It's like, you know, we know all the songs. We know the story. It's beautifully staged. Uh, everybody is yeah. loving it. Sound, Sound of Music uh, at the Paramount in Aurora is, I believe, till January the 15th. I don't have my notes right in front of me, but I'm pretty sure it's the 15th. Yeah, it's a wonderful production, and I took my mom to go see it, and we made a little night of it, you know, drove up and had dinner, and and the show was just phenomenal. It was was beautiful. The music is, everyone's wanting to sing in the the audience together, so a great experience. Yeah, you know all the songs. And what I found really interesting with this production is that uh, it is based on the original 1959 stage production. So it's not exactly scene for scene, song for song, as the movie goes. Uh, it's based on the original uh, stage production that they they took that and they uh, made the movie from there. 
So it's a little bit yes. different. You get a couple of new songs in there. You get a couple of things that are different, but uh, mostly you'll be singing Do Re Mi, uh, you know, and So Long Farewell with the best of them. <laughs> Yes, I can't sing or else I'd I have a tune for you, but, right. but thankfully the audience drowned me out, too, and, and it was a fun time. I'm, I'm right with you on that. Speaking of uh, suburban theaters, uh, the Drury Lane Theater out in Oakbrook Terrace, uh, they have a nice holiday production that's going on right now in Elf the Musical. Yes, another uh, beautiful theater, another opportunity to make a full night of it um, with Drury Lane uh, Elf is showing. I got a, a chance to sneak in on their tech a little bit, um, so that was exciting. And um, of course, a great family show for the for the um, kids and everybody to see together. Yeah, um, and that is, uh, I, I believe, that goes till after the first of the year, also. And the Marriott Lincolnshire is doing a Christmas Story, the musical, uh, and uh, that that's another one. Uh, you know, very familiar story beautiful songs uh, that they wrote specifically for the adaptation from the movie A Christmas Story to the musical version, uh, which has been on stage several times in the Chicago area, currently uh, up in the round at the Marriott Lincolnshire. And I, I encourage everyone who's who's so used to, you know, sitting and watching the classic movies to go and experience these productions live on stage and, and start a new tradition. It's a great opportunity for the entire family to have a new generational tradition. And um, so these classic stories and films that are on stage, please yeah, take the opportunity to see those. Yeah, uh, you can get more information on the shows that we talked about plus many more uh, if you go to chicagoplays.com, chicagoplays.com. And you, uh, you can also link up to hottix.org, uh, yes. H-O-T-T-I-X.org, and check out half-price tickets on uh, some of these. Before I let you run, though, I wanted you to tell me how are things going for uh, Chicago Theater Week that is coming up in February. Oh, we're really excited. Um, the second week of February, we're going to have tickets at 30 or $15 from all of our member theaters. So it's a great opportunity to see theater in different neighborhoods. So to, uh, you know, take a, take a step outside of your neighborhood, um, see different stories uh, on different stages. So we're gearing up for that. And uh, that'll be uh, second week of February, February 16th. So we're hoping to have a nice kickoff event for that coming soon yeah and i'm hearing the tickets for chicago theater week another great way to see some amazing shows at uh, discounted prices uh tickets will go on sale january 10th for that is that right yes that's correct so we're we're looking forward to um seeing everyone in the audience real soon very good uh, marissa if i don't talk to you i hope you have a wonderful holiday i look forward to singing along with you in an audience someday at uh you know, some show someplace. Melissa, uh, Marissa Lynn Ford, the uh, executive director of the League of Chicago Theaters. Great to talk to you and happy holidays. Thank you. Happy holidays. Thank you, Dean. Well, Shwani, wouldn't it be great if there was a podcast you could listen to to learn more about me? About you? About me. Oh, <clears throat> sure. <laughs> Sensing a little sarcasm in your response. Much enthusiasm over Avatar, huh? Yeah. Despite what he thinks, we're going to tell you. I think we should do a podcast about me.
That's what we're doing. What about me? It's coming up. I noticed a little bit of lack of enthusiasm when you said, wouldn't, when I asked you, wouldn't it be great if there was a podcast where you could learn more about me? Oh, boy, it would be marvelous. Wow, we hate you so much. Wow. I, what do you think, Andy? Try not to Isn't think that right now. Great. Did I put in my Christmas card to you how much I hate you? <laughs> Oh, that one from 1983? <laughs> it's probably the last yeah. time I sent one out. <laughs> there is such a podcast, Shawnee. I'm thrilled. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Brother. <laughs> I thought I was done with my boots the other day when it snowed. <laughs> I think it's marvelous. I think I think you're drunk. <laughs> no, that's, no, that's no, 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 no. That's what I think. <laughs> uh, the WGN TV. Have you heard of it? I certainly have. We have a whole TV Chicago's station. own television station. There's a whole TV station that's uh, <laughs> yes. Attached, it's all about you, isn't attached it? Attached to this WGN. It's all thing. about you. Mostly it is. <laughs> <laughs> if you listen at certain times a day, really you get pretty sick of me in no time at all. Between uh, me with my reviews and my cooking, mm-hmm. and then there's the Victory Auto Oh, did you see my show? Did you see my show? <laughs> did you see me? Hey, by the way, speaking of that, did you see me on News Nation? <laughs> I was on News Nation last night. Nice. I was on national television last night. Ooh. <laughs> Have you been on national Ooh. television? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I was on there talking about uh, entertainment. They wanted an entertainment expert, so they couldn't find anybody, so they called me. <laughs> uh, but the the TV uh, morning news show, you know the number one news show that's uh, in Chicago? Oh, see, yeah, no. right. Did you see me? Number one TV morning <laughs> show. I'm not saying me. I'm saying the whole collective the whole show. effort has been number one, smokes the competitors for the last 15 years. Uh, we have a morning news podcast now, in which we feature a different personality every week. And guess who's featured this week? Hmm. Well, well, well. Who do you think it is, Shwani? Um, Let me see. Jeff Hoover. <laughs> wow. Going behind the scenes there. <laughs> People need to know how this show is put together. Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, let's see. Take another uh, guess. Anna Bonneval. It's uh, actually Belleval. Oh, That's okay. Hannah Belleval. Nice. Right. nice that you're paying attention. <laughs> no? Well, we'll answer that provocative question coming up in just a moment. All right. Uh, you okay? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of who it might be about, yeah. though. Yeah, in the meantime, bartender, I'll have what he's having. <laughs> It's 11.13, and this is Dean Richards' Sunday morning on WGN. Oh, sure, I've been here on WGN Radio for like 30 years or something like that. But how much do you really know about me? How many of behind-the-scenes stories have I really shared with you? Virtually none. Until recently, on the WGN Morning News podcast... Our uh, brand new podcast that we're doing, which uh, are put together by uh, WGN-TV producers, Ross McAbee, who is not here, uh, because his uh, wife just had a child, 
Uh, congratulations to Amanda and to Ross on the birth of their uh, new baby boy. Uh, so he's left everything into the hands of uh, producer Brian Say, who is uh, here with us today. That's a little uh, greedy, I think, of Ross. Yeah, I mean, how dare he procreate? <laughs> to, well, I mean, he could he could do that if he wants to, but oh. he like he didn't have to do any of the work of no. the, the birth of the child. He could have been right, right back to work. He's taken this. Uh, yeah, he know. had the baby, or, or Amanda had the baby on the sixth. It's yeah. the eleventh. It was five days ago. Yeah, he, yeah. he should be able. He should to. be back at work by now. Yeah, yeah. But he had. Not, he, he, it was you and Ross mm-hmm. that got got the idea to do this uh, morning show podcast, right? Yeah, well, uh, actually, uh, news director Dom Stasi came to us and uh, uh, sort of pitched it to us. We had done a podcast a few years ago, uh, and we had been on your show to talk about it. But uh, you this were? is you were here, yeah, several years ago. I don't remember that, huh? I do. I'm just kidding. I will say uh, the other guys here on your show seem very excited about this, <laughs> about you being on this podcast. There, there's a, a just a lot of enthusiasm. You know, I think Andy is excited about. Yeah. It. Schwani, for some reason, I think he's just... I always like to learn more about you, Dean. Yeah. Well, he was very open on the podcast. He wasn't closed off at all. Yeah. Very easy interview. Yeah. No, but the WGM Morning News podcast is sort of a deep dive on all the people. Like, if you watch that show, which I'm a producer on, and I I love working on that show, and I get to make silly bits with the likes of Pat Tomasulo and Paul Conrad and Dean Richards and Mike Toomey. Andy's on the show sometimes, too. Andy, you fill in for Pat, right? Yep, I'm going to be there at the end of the month, too. Very exciting. Yeah. So, um, but this is like a sort of a deep dive on each person. And we've been doing it now for, gosh, almost three months. Dean, I think, is the 10th episode. Mm. It's out now. You could, If you go to Spotify or Amazon or wherever you get podcasts, type in WGM Morning's Podcast. You can listen right now. And Dean's, I think you were like, what, 45 minutes or yeah. so? Well, don't listen right now. No, no. Yeah, keep listening is, to this show. This show but then on once it ends. Now, but yeah. la- la- you know, later on. It's, uh, right. it's, I, I think it's great bedtime listening. Oh, you think so? Yeah. Have you listened to, uh, no. to any of the episodes? Okay. Yeah. Well, I was there when you did mine, so yeah. I don't really feel like I need to listen to it again. So you think it puts you to sleep? Is that <laughs> I think it's very soothing and relaxing. Oh, well, there are jingles that we do during yeah. the show, which can maybe be a little it's energizing. Very, it's very, no, I think it's very, I think uh, the little things, that, uh, if it was just a straight interview, it would be kind of boring. No. Yeah. But uh, you uh, interject things, other things, into the uh, interview yeah. that I think make it uh, kind of entertaining. Yeah, I think it, uh, it's a little radio inspired. It's kind of has uh, little music breaks and uh, right. yeah, it's, it's segment based. So yeah. So we'll talk. We'll, we're we're going to play some clips uh, yeah. from the podcast so you can get a little sampling uh, of the whole thing. Um, I was uncomfortable being interviewed by you and Ross. Why? Because I'm used to being the interviewer right i'm used to being in charge yeah the direction in which it goes and uh it it, uh it made me uncomfortable well that's why i'm here i I (laughs) want to make you uncomfortable (laughs) dean richards well well, you do whether we're doing a podcast or not well that's good yeah but uh it's it's uh it's just a weird reversal sure of uh you know it's like the way we're doing it now is the way i prefer it you feel comfortable now well i guess i can control the do you feel like you're in control i do (laughs) (laughs) i feel like i could shut you down at any second yeah i guess you have an off switch on my mic which i don't don't know if you notice that the smart aleck newscaster isn't on uh, now either oh yeah Right, you. I guess you are. Yeah, you can push some buttons. Yeah, I can just push buttons, and you're gone. Huh? You're you're gone forever. I don't like that. What's how did I how did I rate 
uh, you know, you interviewed everybody else on the show. Yeah. Larry Potash, Robin, mm-hmm. Bob Garden. Yeah. Paul Conrad, Pat Tomasulo. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else uh, is Morgan on? Morgan Meyer, Morgan Jiggets. Is this, that's the B team. Yeah. They're on super early. Right? Yeah. Four to six. Uh, Dan Ponce, uh, Marcus Lashock, everybody. All the yeah. all the people. I just did uh, Annabelle of All, uh, Mike Toomey. Uh, I think you said Paul, Larry, Robin, mm-hmm. Pat. So how did I compare to... I'll be honest, you know, you were, I mean, I joked a little bit, but you were a little, I felt, I didn't feel like you really opened up, quite frankly, so maybe we could pick back up here, and I could... I didn't open up? I felt like you were maybe a little, kind of, you know, I think maybe it was because you weren't in control, and you felt like hmm. uh, you, you didn't want to maybe give me the satisfaction of uh, letting me like, take well, the reins. What would you have liked to have known that I didn't tell you? No, I don't know. I Maybe I'm being facetious. You... you were good you gave some good and there was some fun um you gotta understand i this is a haul doing this once a week and i did you like two weeks ago so i can really barely <laughs> remember <laughs> what we talked about so uh we talked about my uh career and yeah. some uh, interesting interviews interesting Ooh, yeah. well we'll get to that in a interesting minute, yeah. things that happened mm-hmm. uh, during uh, the interviews why don't, why don't we play one of the clips now before we take a break sure which one you want to play? Which one do you? Uh, you're, you're, well, why don't, can we do you're the... You're in sur- charge, apparently. Ooh, look at that. Uh, uh, can, can we do the mashup, which is... it's it, Then we can do you later. The mashup is... Um, it's sort of just an amalgamation of, of moments from the podcast of, of all the different people. So oh, you can kind of get good. a feel of... Okay. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, Jack, why don't you hit that for us? Why is everyone in a robe? <laughs> what is going on? I'm going to lunch. We're going to go to uh, Fogo de Chow and just uh, have, I'm like. <laughs> and then it goes, wait. My darling, I hunger for your touch. What's your bra size? Qua- <laughs> hey, Dean, your donuts blow. The, my donuts? Yeah. As far as my underwear goes, um, extra small. Can I borrow $5,000? Absolutely not, Brian. You never lend money to family. Or friends. Are we friends? Hey guys, Larry Potash here. Listen to the full episode of WGM Morning News Podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. I love you. <laughs> Don't call Gary Baumgarten after midnight. <laughs> so you, there you go. You see sort of, uh, you know, those are, that's most of the people I've interviewed now. And, uh, well, Ross and I have interviewed. And uh, we're a bunch of idiots. Yeah. I don't know if that's clear. I, I think anyone who's tuned the TV morning show on, they, they catch on to that uh, fact pretty But that, I think that's why they tune on. That's part of the reason. Yeah. I think. That's, that's part of the reasons. Now, the big question is, why do you think my donuts suck? I don't. Paul Conrad did. And he was lying because they were spectacular, and I think we all agreed. But he didn't want you to get a big a head. A big head. I understand. Yeah. Um, Brian ate about five of the apple cider At donuts. At least three or four. Probably that, five. I, that I made. So I know Brian enjoyed them. It was also my idea. For you. That's very true. To do that. That's what producers do. Over right. There. They give ideas of things to do. I'm a very talented producer. I don't think you've hammered that home enough. I don't think that I've really come to that conclusion myself yet. Huh. But uh, we'll see. Okay. We'll see. We still have a little time here in the interview to see what's going to happen. All right. Uh, that's Brian Say. He's one of the producers over at WGN-TV and uh, the person responsible for the WGN-TV morning news podcast. Uh, if you go to wherever you get your podcasts, uh, all you got to do is uh, search those, 
and you can hear uh, all of it. They're, they're all about what uh, hours, something like they that. They range from twenty uh, like, minutes or so. Yeah, I think the early ones were like twenty-five-ish minutes, and then now they're getting up to like forty-five, fifty-five. But every single one is under an hour. You could probably listen to all ten that are out right now in under five hours. Okay. One of the uh, stories is what happened uh, during my interview. Some behind-the-scenes stories. Uh, what happened during my Aretha Franklin interview? That's coming up next. Tell you, go for it. Would you mind um, shutting up, putting your phone down, shutting up, and putting the earphones on your head? It's the kind of respect that I garner over at the WGN TV. The producer's telling me to shut up and put my headphones on. Why were you so annoyed that I had my phone in my hand? I was doing the interview for our podcast, and producer Brian gets his nose in a snit because I've got my 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 iPhone in my hand. I'm sorry. Are you talking? To me? I'm sorry, I was on my. I was texting somebody. <laughs> are, you, are you talking to me? Uh, okay. Well done. <laughs> got to admit, when it's well done, it's well done. Yeah. The uh, WGN News Morning News, uh, whatever it's called, podcast. Come on, we got to get it right. The WGN Morning News podcast. Yeah, is available wherever you get your uh, podcast, mm-hmm. and you can uh, learn more about all of the personalities on the, the WGN TV Morning News. And uh, this for the past week, I have been uh, featured uh, on there uh, with uh, behind-the-scenes stories. Uh, uh, things that uh, have happened during interviews, a little about my, you know, my background, my career. It's, mm-hmm. it's uh, interesting uh, behind the scenes. And your favorite dessert, which sh- sort of shocked me, but I don't think we should talk about it. We should let people go figure it out by mm. listening to the podcast. Mm. Good mm. tease, Dean Richards' favorite well, dessert. It's my favorite dessert. You don't remember? I do. Oh, yeah, yeah. it's on I, there. Yeah, yeah, because I would have answered it uh, the, exactly the same way. Now, mm. it's not something that I. Uh, make myself right no and it's not a promotion it's just no it's just it, it's excellent yeah. yeah though i can't argue it's excellent yeah uh so, yeah, so you can learn uh, that on there and uh, we have another clip uh, don't we from the- we do this is the real clip that, that was the joke earlier although i do have to text somebody i can be insubordinate too <laughs> but uh <laughs> Yeah, this, oh, there's, there's a real very, clip. Very, very a few times on the show when I would prefer to talk to Shawnee. Yeah, ooh. <laughs> Uh-oh, I've lost him. But no, this is the real clip uh, from your episode. It's for a story you shared about the time uh, you and photographer Mike D'Angelo interviewed Aretha Franklin. Yeah. Uh, this was out at the, I think it was the Hard Rock Casino in Gary, Indiana. We went all the way out there. To, it's a legend. You know, she's a legend. Mm-hmm. Aretha Franklin. And, uh, well, we'll take it from there. We scored a, a one-on-one interview with Aretha Franklin, legendary. You know, we have the, the, the little lavalier microphones, as they're called, these these tiny things that normally you would just, you know, clip onto yeah. a, a jacket or most women just clip it onto the, like, the collar of their dress or right. something. But Aretha <laughs> clipped it to her uh, cleavage area, uh, and the microphone did get unclipped and fell into her cleavage uh apparently she didn't feel it she didn't react in any way but i don't know if it was mike or me that said to her uh your microphone uh came off your dress and fell inside and she just sort of leaned back and said oh baby just go ahead and get in there everybody's been down there (laughs) oh okay we pulled the mic out and uh, we clipped it back on 
uh, and uh, we went on our, our merry ways. It was just a very, very magical, tremendous moment. <laughs> That's Aretha there at the end there. She's actually, I think, talking about uh, the Obama inauguration. But, right. you know, when you paste things together. Yeah, I mean, you can take something out of context and make it uh, sound right. good. Schwanny, that was pretty good, right? That's a good story to tell. When it, Oh, it's a great story. The microphone you know, falls into you know Aretha what Franklin's I think, cleavage. I, it's, I remember you talking about it on the show. You know what I think would be great is if you had a podcast talking about all of the things that you do on the WGN morning program. I think that would be tremendous. Absolutely ideal. Could follow well, it up with all the times that Shawnee listens on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. And how many times I turn his microphone off because he's starting to annoy me. Boy, what well, a concept. There's not uh, like a running thing, with, but there is one episode you could listen to, Shawnee. It's available right now. It's the WGM Morning News podcast, anywhere you get your podcasts. So. I'm all, I'm sure. I, Type it into your phone right now, man. I have a newsroom to run right now, but I will go to it immediately after I'm I'm done. I'm sure once you're done with your very important journalistic obligations that you have right now, that you'll probably spend the whole afternoon listening to it, I'll bet. I will. So, Dean, this is my second time on your show, and I think it's going pretty well. What do you think? What have you learned about the uh, personalities on the WGN Morning News? What, what 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 have you learned that you think is different than what we present on the air every day. So the thing about it, and and I think it's um, sort of uniquely positioned in a podcast format, is that it's it's really a deep dive, right? Like, I do a thing where I ask a bunch of questions, um, and then we ask for stories, we play clips. It's just, you know, when we see Dean or anybody on the WGN Morning News, we see them in such short little moments. Uh, so you have sort of an idea who they are, right? But when you are able to sort of sit down and be in conversation for longer than two minutes and, and really kind of get to the heart of who these people are and so it's sort of a deep dive you get to just sort of i don't know see them in ways that you otherwise yeah, you, cannot you get a little different uh, view uh and uh, i want to ask andy and uh, shawnee the question that i was unable to answer you asked me a question and i did, just didn't have an answer mm, i remember it for now, yeah. it mm-hmm. was that it was it the favorite word yeah they asked me so uh mike edwards or uh over here mike wallace is uh, you know giving me these deep uh, probing uh, questions and uh Shwani, he asked me what's your favorite word and you couldn't come up with one i couldn't come up with a favorite word that would be a hard question to answer really andy what's your favorite word uh dude <laughs> dude is, the, is your favorite word <laughs> i have no idea come on that was the first thing that came to my mind uh, and it's not moisture either oh yeah <laughs> that's a bad one for some reason, no one likes to say the word moisture. <laughs> I like to say it. Yeah. Moisture. It's not my favorite. Yeah. My favorite word is schwanny. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Thank you. Oh, brother. How do you do this show with these guys? <laughs> <laughs> this is extra super. I should not have this many producers in one room. <laughs> huh. right. Well, you ponder that. Uh, I'm, I am. I'm pondering it. All right. Yes. All right. Uh, Brian, sadly, it's come uh, to uh, the end of our segment hmm. uh, here. In fact, it's past uh, time. For, oh. Way past. For, for our segment. Well, I was saying earlier, this is my second time on the show. I feel like it's going really well. I, maybe I could come down you know, every now and again, just 
Got to check in. You can call it like checking in with Brian. Well, I'm going to have an opening for a newsman next week. Oh, is that right? So. <laughs> Which one? We'll see if who's, we can, who's leaving you? We can work that out. Uh, Brian Say is uh, producer of the w, one of the producers of the WGN TV Morning News. And uh, if you want to hear this uh, podcast, what's the best way to do that? Anywhere you get your podcast, type in WGN Morning News Podcast, and uh, you'll see uh, 10 episodes up right now. Tomorrow, uh, Anna Bellaval's episode will drop at 4 in the morning. So, yeah, check it out. It's a lot of fun. I can't believe we're two weeks away from Christmas. I believe first night of Hanukkah a week from today. Is that yes. right? Yeah, it'll wrap up. I think right on Christmas Day. I'm going to be uh, making uh, latkes on my uh, TV cooking segment this week. That'll be good. You got the, some applesauce to go along with that. A little, uh, little cinnamon brown sugar in there. With that I've got the app. I've got the applesauce. I've got. I know some people like sour cream. Mm-hmm. Now, do you prefer just a p- nice potato latke or? Do you like vegetables? Well, you don't like no, vegetables. I like the potato. Period. Yeah. Just, and and uh, Melina has discovered a great way to do them in the air fryer. That's what, how I'm going to make them this yeah. week. And I wondered if that was blasphemous in some way. Because well, the, pur- the purpose of Hanukkah is that the oil correct. lasted for eight days. But yeah. the but then the oil lasts for eight days in your kitchen, too. If You, <laughs> you mean if you don't take it out of the bottle? Exactly. Yeah. Because uh, the purpose of the air fryer is practically no oil is, right. is used, but it's much healthier that way. Healthier and, and quicker and cleaner. And I tell you what, they taste fantastic. Yeah. I've, I've got to say, I've been, I'm a big old convert yeah. uh, on the air fryer, but I'm going to make, uh, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to make several different varieties just to show different varieties of them. But I think my favorite is also the uh, potato latke. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yep. Good eating. Can I break in for just a second here? Please do. We have a news update here on the uh, Orion, the Artemis 1, successfully splashing down from the moon. Uh, not, uh, let's see, 1141 our time, just a moment, a moment ago. And it's amazing. 50 years ago today was uh, Apollo 17, the last uh, manned moon mission. This was the unmanned moon mission. And uh, now uh, setting uh, the next uh, flyby date for 2024. So a successful conclusion to the uh, Orion mission, Artemis 1. What did they, uh, what was the purpose of this mission? They were trying to find out just how, you know, people would react. They were, they were taking temperatures on these, uh, you know, these uh, models or mannequins or (laughs) one of a better term, dummies. Um, no, it's like like test dummies. Yeah, like, like right. Car crash. Right, uh, right. T- test. But uh, again, you know, in in more detail of you know how they would how things would react there and uh, how there might be reactions to humans under similar conditions. And not only that, but the the missions, the these planned missions. Uh, once we do indeed get people back there, they're going to be there for a lot longer than you know uh, the uh, astronauts were fifty years ago for a couple of days. Uh, it may be uh, you know maybe a couple of weeks, maybe a month. So they wanted to see how you know that that might work um, uh, in the uh, very near future. What actually, kind of, what kind of uh, impact there might be on on hu- humans. Is is the plan uh, the, the, on the next flight to send humans? Not yet. Twenty twenty four would be another flyby. Uh, would be another couple of years yet. Uh, but uh, you know the silent occupants—they're calling them three test dummies. Now this gives me an idea. 
I think we should do the show from there. I You're talking th- about three test dummies. I can't Why? think of three bigger dummies <laughs> than us. <laughs> that's what I'm. That's kind of what I'm intimating. After all, you have a podcast now. What's the next step? <laughs> well, I'm only on that one podcast. It's not like there's a regular podcast. But uh, I'm. I, I, you know what? If they said, uh, would you? You know, why, why in the world would they ever do this? But if the opportunity presented itself, wouldn't you go? Yeah, I would. I would. Even I have under been, experimental conditions. I have, I have been a, of course, I'd be just scared to death yeah, out of my too. mind. Me but too. Um, Dean, we, we grew up watching this. Yeah. And it was unbelievably exciting. Neil Armstrong, John and Glenn. Before, yes, right. Before, you know, the, the, the excitement of watching any kind of space mission was uh, amazing you know they they wheeled the television set into the classroom into the classroom so everybody could watch i got to move the rabbit ears around <laughs> boy oh boy that's where your technical career started <laughs> um but uh you know even i think even under you know even though they're still testing things uh i i think i would i, I would feel safe safer now perhaps than before you know considering you know the circumstances and the conditions that uh you know the astronauts 50 years ago were facing that's super cool Mm -hmm. especially if they actually called us the three test dummies (laughs) (laughs) in every newscast (laughs) i would like to hear anderson cooper call me a (laughs) right dummy one of the The three three test test dummies dummies have now entered the gravitational pole of the moon and then they take a a a shot uh, you know the camera that's in the capsule with us (laughs) and we're like all doing three stooges (laughs) (laughs) what are you doing mo larry cheese get over here (laughs) (laughs) this has got our names written all over it (laughs) It really does it really does (laughs) seriously all right if there's anything else going on with Artemis, let us oh, know. Oh, I'm floating. I'm floating. <laughs> you are floating today. Yeah. I'm seriously. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know which of those coffee uh, <laughs> capsules he took this morning, but uh, I'm going to take a few of those later on myself. Eleven fifty is the time. This is Dean Richards. Sunday morning on WGN. Uh, sad news coming over the wire about the mother of singer Cher, Georgia Holt is her name, and uh, she has passed away. The uh, the mom of uh, the model, actress, singer, songwriter uh, died. Uh, Cher tweeted about it this morning. She was 96 years old. Uh, a uh, representative for the Oscar winner, uh, Cher said that uh, Georgia Holt's death was confirmed, no details available, but she was an actress also and appeared uh, briefly in movies like A Life of Her Own in 1950, Grounds for Marriage, 1951, Father's Little Dividend, 1951, Artists and Models, 1955, and then on uh, TV shows, uh, The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet. And uh, she also appeared as uh, a, a model in the I Love Lucy episode in Paris, where uh, Lucy gets a, a Parisian gown from a famous uh, French uh, designer, 
and you know they were parading all these beautiful gowns out. Uh, Cher's mom uh, was uh, Georgia Holt was one of the uh, models that was uh, featured in that episode. So uh, condolences uh, and our sympathy. Georgia Holt, mother of Cher, uh, died at the age of. 96. Very sorry to hear that. Uh, we mentioned at the beginning of the show, and I think uh, is, is worth mentioning again, uh, a real uh, longtime veteran uh, performer here on WGN Radio also passed away uh, the day before yesterday, uh, the legendary Floyd Brown. Uh, many of you will remember Floyd from his WGN radio show that he had uh, every Sunday night in which he would feature uh, jazz uh, featured amazing recordings and interviews with jazz legends. Uh, he had a variety of different guests on his show. He did an investment uh, show as well here on WGN. He, he was here on WGN for 28 years on both uh, radio and television. Uh, on the television side, Floyd was uh, an announcer, the voice that you heard coming up next. It's blah, 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 you know, similar to what I, I when, when Floyd transitioned to radio, I was brought in to do that job that Floyd Brown did. That's where I did my famous Victory Auto Records uh, commercial. But he was an announcer. He was a sportscaster. He was a host of many different shows on WGN. But uh, in addition to those 28 years on WGN, uh, he spent 54 years in broadcasting uh, before WGN on uh, WMAQ on NBC. In fact, he uh, was the first African-American hired uh, by WMAQ, uh, you know, breaking new ground and paving the way for others. He spent time on a variety of uh, suburban radio stations before uh, NBC, but he was uh, he, he went to Northwestern to study accounting. Uh, was born in Dallas, came to the Chicago area to study at Northwestern in accounting. While he was doing that, he was supporting himself as a porter at the Drake Hotel. So uh, he he just, he's uh, you know kind of did uh, lots of different things. Retired from WGN in 1999. And uh, remained very active in many, many charitable organizations through the years. He received a Trailblazer Award from the Quad County Urban League. He was inducted into the Fox Valley Arts Hall of Fame and uh, our WGN Radio Walk of Fame. Uh, He was an inductee back in the year of 2016. Uh, So I'm sorry to say that uh, Floyd uh, passed away. This past Friday of natural causes, he was 92 years old and uh, is survived by his uh, very, very lovely, very charming uh, wife, uh, Betty. He's got two kids uh, as well. And our condolences to the uh, Brown family, a really great broadcaster, a really, uh, really, really fine uh, and, and classy guy. Uh, Floyd Brown. He was uh, instrumental in helping so many other people uh, also get their footings uh, in broadcasting. He uh, was constantly looking back and helping others as well, uh, in addition to being a tremendous uh, talent and uh, human being on his own part. So uh, rest in peace, our old friend Floyd Brown uh, is 
passed away at the age of 92. You know what I love about this time of year? It's the most wonderful time of the year. That's what I love about There's it. There's stuff to eat <laughs> yeah. everywhere. Oh, there. that's for sure, yes. People are doing their holiday baking, mm-hmm. and you know they bring in a little tray to the office, and there's like little, you know, little snacks to have. Yep, nonstop. Mm-hmm. Do you mm-hmm. have a favorite holiday uh, cookie? Favorite holiday uh, dessert for something? Um, favorite holiday cookie? Just the you know, any type of a sugar cookie yeah, or a fruit filled cookie. Uh, I love those. I have uh, come to love. Uh, a German bread, a German sweet bread called Stollen, hmm. S-T-O-L-L-E-N. Oh, yeah, that's good. And uh, you can get it at a lot of bakeries here. The Chris Kindle Market has it uh, in Daly Plaza, and they're up at Wrigley Field this year also. Right, um, right. And, and in different types of flavors. There, it's It has some fruit filling sometimes, yeah. uh, or it could be just a butter type of bread, but it's delicious. Isn't it like a, like a fig spread mm-hmm. that uh, often is in it? Yeah. It's all rolled up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Stolen is uh, delicious. Uh, I like, uh, well, you know, give me a good chocolate chip cookie. Sure. Any day of the week. A homemade chocolate chip cookie. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, Oatmeal. Oatmeal raisin cookie. Yep. Golumkis. I like Golumkis. Yeah. I I like Golumkis. Mm -hmm. I like, uh, I don't know what they're all called, but uh, I like, I I tend to like things with nuts. Oh, you know what I and like what I love a nut roll. Have you ever had a a, a, a spiced nut roll? Mm. Oh, that's one of my favorite yeah, things this time good. of year. That sounds good. It's delicious. There's yes. a number of ethnicities you know that have uh, traditional uh, cookies for yeah. the holidays, yeah. pastries for the holidays. Mm-hmm. There's a number of Greek uh, co- you know cookies that are, are made for the holidays, which I've never made. I got to say, I'm not that much of a baker. <laughs> But I do, um, I love to cook. I just don't bake very much. Maybe I'll give it a try this year. We have Croatian friends that make a nut roll this time of oh, year. It's cool. just terrific. There's uh, one of our stagehands over at WGN-TV. It's an annual tradition. He makes uh, rum balls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I have to get a, des- yeah, those are I have to get a designated driver after I have a couple of those. <laughs> those are habit-forming, yes. Oh, my gosh. Those are great. Delicious. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk with Louisa Chu from the Chicago Tribune's uh, dining section, uh, food and dining section. You know, the Tribune, for 36 years, has put on their holiday cookie contest, and we'll find out uh, which recipes were the winning recipes coming up next. <laughs> It's the love when Darlene Love would make her annual appearance on David Letterman. Sing Christmas Baby, Please Come Home. 12-12, Dean Richards, Sunday morning, WGN. Talking about uh, our favorite holiday sweet treats. And uh, that leads into uh, our guest on our Food Time show today. Chicago Radio's only cooking and dining show. And Louisa Chu is the food critic for the Chicago Tribune. Uh, writes all kinds of interesting uh, food topics. And uh, I was uh, so interested to learn the, the results of this year's annual holiday cookie contest. Louisa, welcome back to WGN. Nice to have you with us. 
Thank you, Dean. And I know you're a cook and a baker, too, so I want to hear about your holiday cooking and baking later, too. Yes, you know what? I'm not so much of a baker. I, I'm, oh. I, I, I don't know why. I just never... I just never do, but I, I want to get into it. I, I, mm-hmm. I want to do it. So maybe I, I might try some of your recipes from your cookie contest. I, I've, I've got a, you know, a few like uh, a Greek things that, you know, from my family. I want to learn how to do those, you know, those traditional ones. So I, I am going to yep. get into it a little more than I have in the yeah. past. Uh, this, this contest uh, has been going on. For 36 years, and this has got to be one of the most popular things that you guys do over in the food section over there, right? Yeah. Every year when we think for a moment, you know, like, are people still interested in the holiday cookie contest? I mean, it kind of seems so old-fashioned. And there was one year where some misguided soul, like from a previous administration, thought, yeah, you know what? People aren't interested, and then stopped it, and then... Oh my gosh! The response was like, "Oops!" And uh, <laughs> for sure, it's been going strong now. They yeah. had to sell the the whole tower because of the. <laughs> I know the revolt was so great. That we all had to move yeah. out of Tribune Tower. I know, right? You know, you know, it's like the condos. I'm sure they've got nice kitchens for cookies there. You know, not that they bake, but been, who knows? I've been wanting to go over there and uh, pretend like I'm going to buy one of those expensive ones just because I'm nosy <laughs> and I want to see what it looks like. <laughs> Me and you both. We can test out one in the kitchen. Yeah, after, we, we can right? go over there and give, give it a try. Um, <laughs> yeah. So what, what kind of response? Uh, I mean, you, you know, the usual kind of avalanche response uh, to this year's yeah. contest. Yeah. So we got a lot of terrific recipes. And not only are the cookies delicious and wonderful and the recipes, you know, I mean, for the most part, like pretty accessible. So I I have confidence that you can make them pretty easily. Um, But um, it's the stories that go with them that really make the difference because our, uh, you know, regular uh, contest entrants know that um, you, we ask that you submit not only a recipe, but the story behind it. And some of those stories, I mean, they go back generations. And, um, you know, so that's really what makes the huge difference for them. And we so appreciate all the time for, like, the dozens and dozens, the baker's dozens, if you will, of um, entrants, um, you know, who take the time to not only come up with the recipes, because, you know, I mean, making cookies, as we all know, kind of family recipes, like watching families make recipes, they don't actually have recipes. Right, (laughs) right. Yeah. And so translating yeah. Yeah. Not a, not a lot was written down. You know, I I, mm-hmm. tr- I tried to get some recipes out of my mom, and she mm-hmm. said, "Oh, I I never wrote anything down. You know, it's it's a you know pinch of this and a touch of that, and it's like, well, let me watch you, let me watch you pinch it, and you know, so I can kind of <laughs> you know approximate it because I would like to share these recipes with the younger people yeah. in the family, so these recipes will you know live on forever." Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, but Absolutely. so so uh, do they tend to be the same kind of cookie recipes that come in every year, and then the ones that are are different really you know stand out of the bunch. Do you get you know like how, how many sugar cookie recipes must you get uh, yeah. every year like that? You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah, so we definitely get more of the traditional holiday cookies, which is kind of like the shortbread. Um, you know, some variations on the chocolate chip. And, um, you know, I mean, some of the cutout cookies, 
So there's definitely some, you know, classics. And um, then we get some of the ones that are really kind of out there. Um, you know, I remember there was uh, a, a regular entrant uh, who submitted a uh, cookie recipe that was called from a few years ago, the Drunk Uncle. Oh. Um, and um, <laughs> that, was, um, that was kind of like a vintage style recipe. It was a recipe. And we also asked that these be original recipes. And so that was kind of like a mid-century modern uh, take on a cookie that was based on a cocktail topped with a maraschino cherry. Oh, nice. um, yeah, one of our um, uh, uh, previous winners, she went on to create her own small baking uh, uh, side hustle. And so those were beautiful. And they kind of, you know, had like, uh, I think one of the last ones that she entered, um, because we asked people to take a break for a couple of years that they went, it was like an eggnog, um, like really soft. Um, like cakey kind of cookie, and then she topped that with an eggnog uh, swirled icing. Oh, it was so good! That yeah, sounds, so good. Sounds delicious. Which yeah. bring, brings me to you know my question about judging this contest. I don't imagine mm-hmm. that you do this by yourself. I'm sure you must have a team of other uh, writers, editors who also assist sure. you in the uh, the the difficult task of actually tasting all these wonderful cookies. Oh, yes. It is definitely all a team effort. And um, and it's really led by our food editor, Ariel Chung, who is, uh, you know, rallies uh, with all the recipe entrants that come in. And then in previous years, pre-pandemic, we had for a while entrants bake their own cookies and then would drop off cookies at the Tribune Tower. In the past few years, you know, since 2020, we actually have recruited a team of journalist bakers. So not only are people writing, taking photos, editing, uh, doing all sorts of stuff at the Chicago Tribune, we're also recruiting them to bake uh, the recipes that come in. And then also the judges, um, the journalist bakers turn into journalist judges too. And um, everybody gets a sample. We come up with a final dozen finalists. And um, then there's the tasting and then gets whittled down from voting, and we judge on beauty and taste, um, and uh, and then that comes up with our final three winners. But I kind of feel like everybody's a winner in all of this. Oh, absolutely! I mean, and just the the fun of being in part of something like this uh, has yeah. to be has to be really fun, and it, it must mm-hmm. be interesting to come up with new and original and innovative. Uh, recipes i i have found mm-hmm. since i've been cooking on tv that people don't want you to or people don't want me to stray too far away from certain traditional things because mm-hmm. especially around the holidays i mean there are certain recipes that they must have every single year and they don't mm-hmm. want some dope on tv to <laughs> come along and you know do something super fancy and complicated and you know like that they they want what grandma used to make for for the holidays right. and i imagine that m- much of that also applies to the baking part of the holiday experience absolutely and, and dean i would imagine they're thinking probably more of like a creative home chef like yourself you know maybe you know maybe it's more what they're thinking uh <laughs> to be kind yeah, <laughs> but, um, <right>. <laughs> but yeah but totally i mean for example um you know our first place 
uh, winner, when she was making her recipe, it called for a uh, homemade salted caramel. And, um, you know, caramel can be a little bit tricky to make. And, um, you know, sometimes when it's just, you know, I, I kind of like that really, like, you know, dark, rich caramel, but right. you leave it on for like a second too long and it's burnt. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and, then, right. and then now the prices of you know sugar and butter and all of that. I mean, who got time? Through the roof, like, right. uh, yeah, exactly. To you know, I mean, to go out and buy and then replace all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, the shortages are real. I think, and that, um, I think that's part of why I uh, have maybe been a little afraid of baking because I know that it's mm-hmm. so precise. Everything must be so <laughs> precise. And I think I'm, you know, I, I think I'm a little more sloppy freeform cook than, <laughs> you know, the like precision that you must have in order to achieve big banging. Something I'm going to work on. I'm going to, I'm going to get into it. The, um, yeah. do, uh, you, you must have uh, records of the very first uh, of the cookie contest, do you? Oh boy, I'm sure uh, we do. Do I have it on hand at the moment? I don't. Well, but you know I what? Can, let me um, let me tell you then, because I, I I looked it up. Oh, what? I I looked it up. <laughs> I I didn't know if this was something that you would have, uh, I, and I would sort of be blindsiding you by asking, but that didn't no. stop me from asking anyway. Because <laughs> okay. well, only because I knew that I had the info here anyway, and it yeah. it apparently was just a plain, a good old fashioned chocolate chip cookie. That mm-hmm. it says here in 1986, the good eating section of the Chicago mm-hmm. Tribune debuted what would become an annual holiday cookie contest. Thousands of entries pour in every year. The one year the paper decided not to run the contest, as you said, they heard an outcry from the readers. But the winner was uh, an award winning chocolate chip cookie, Mrs. Levy's. Giant chocolate chip cookies, and I'm looking at a picture of it. It mm-hmm. looks gorgeous. It it looks mm-hmm. beautiful. And wasn't there? A, a, am I mistaken? Wasn't there a, a chocolate chip cookie franchise, Mrs. Levy's, or am I thinking of something else? Um, I know there was, of course, Mrs. Fields. Um, I know that maybe I'm Mrs. Of that. Levy. Yeah, and then uh, I know that there was. So the uh, Levy brothers um, started off with some of their mother's recipes, and Uh I seem to recall something along the lines of they did um, something uh, with one of her recipes, but I'm not sure if it was actually like a shop or a business or something that was uh, you know, in one of their early restaurants. Yeah, this, um, this is but, online. Yeah. If anyone's interested, it's uh, mm-hmm. the the uh, 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 originator of the recipe was Lynn Levy or Levy L E V Y, mm-hmm. uh, Mrs. Le- Levy or Levy's giant chocolate chip cookies, light brown mm-hmm. sugar, unsalted butter, vanilla, eggs, flour, salt, baking powder, walnuts, and uh, semi sweet chocolate chips not an overly complicated recipe but uh, mm-hmm. apparently quite delicious mm-hmm. the very, very first I have, yeah i have to say that as a trained pastry chef myself that um recipes for baking especially for cookies no pun intended you can fudge a little bit it's not necessarily that precise yeah. and um you know what helps for a lot of people like the simplest thing is sometimes 
uh, not packing your flour. Oh. Um, I like to convert to weights. I know that, um, you know, generally, especially our recipes are by, uh, you know, by uh, volume measure. But, um, but yeah, especially like a chocolate chip cookie, like everybody's made a chocolate chip cookie, right? That's like kind of your gateway home baking cookie. That's how and, you start. Um, yeah, that's how you yeah. start. Yeah. Oh, maybe mm-hmm. maybe that's mm-hmm. where I'll start uh, with it all. Yeah. Well, I want to find out the winning recipes. Let me take a break. We'll come back and we'll find out what were the top three winners of the Chicago Tribune's annual holiday baking uh, holiday cookie contest. Uh, Louisa Chu uh, joining us uh, today, and we'll get right back to it right after this. Twelve thirty-seven with the kids. Dean Richards wrapping up our food time show, Chicago Radio's only cooking and dining show with Louisa Chu, food editor, food critic, Chicago Tribune, the Tribune's uh, annual holiday cookie contest. Louisa, while we were talking here, we got a text talking about the tradition of uh, you know some of these recipes. Seven zero eight area code texted in. Uh, while I'm listening, I'm making my mom's eggnog snickerdoodles. Uh, oh. she, she passed away in June of 99. I am the family baker now. So that's why it's important mm. to hand down these recipes, right? So important. And I have to give props again to my food editor, Ariel Chung. And I actually am one of the critics. My fellow food critic, Nick Kindlesberger, um, is also a great baker. Not so much a cookie fan, huh. but, uh, but yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And a, it's a, so important to keep the recipe going. Yeah, a snickerdoodle was one of the top three recipe winners this year, right? Uh, so are we going to reveal the winners? Let's reveal. Yeah, so the winners of the 2022 Tribune Holiday Cookie Contest in third place, yes, was Christine Myers' decorated snickerdoodle sugar cookies. And um, those were, again, her take on the classic snickerdoodle cookie. And um, I guess for people who kind of don't know what snickerdoodle cookies are, or you know, they're kind of like a, a, a cinnamony, buttery cinnamony sugar cookie. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, she did a beautiful job decorating them with um, uh, icing into Christmas trees and wreaths. And um, and then in second place, Andrew Johannan's marbled pistachio almond cookie. Boy, that 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 j- just the description of that sounded so good to me. <laughs> And then I clicked yeah. on a picture of it, and the the picture is even better than the the, the description. That sounds so yeah. good. It it's so good, and then also he personalized that from a um, so people who might watch and learn about baking online. Claire Saffitz, who was with Bon Appetit, um, he adapted one of her recipes and made it his own. Hmm. So it looks kind of like a very groovy, kind of like swirly. Uh, you know, modern take of you know on a um, on a on a sugar cookie, um, and so that marbling comes from pistachio. It, and um, it looked like he put the batter out flat, uh, mm-hmm. and then a layer of some kind of like pistachio paste, maybe or or the nuts themselves, mm-hmm. just very yeah. very finely, and then rolled it. And then cut yeah. it. Does that uh, does that's what it looks like to me? It was how close am I? I? I think pretty close. I think probably closer to like a dough than necessarily a batter. 
Um, and so, um, so yeah, so it is definitely, um, you know, he's definitely used a pistachio mixture um, into that dough, and then it's, you know, just kind of like a swirl, and then it gets folded. And so, you know, it's one of the, I can't remember, it's like the log cookies. So remember everybody yeah. bought, like, the log cookies, um, you know, from the store? Basically, you make your own log cookie, and then you cut it, you slice it, and, you, and then you bake it. Yeah. And so he, yeah, so he did it rectangular rather than like a traditional cylindrical log. Yeah, or, or almost like if you were making a biscotti, right? Where it, 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 yeah. it's, it's kind of rolled and, and uh, you know, baked and then sliced, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And just, you know, bake the one time. Although I get, if you did bake it twice, you could get like a actual biscotti, but I'm not sure... But yeah, yeah, it's, it is definitely it's, yeah. It's a beautiful cookie, and it's boy, it's, mm-hmm. it's I'm a I'm a sucker for. I, I'm I'm looking at the recipe now, and it's like a pistachio almond flavor that's apparently mm-hmm. in that mixture, and uh, that that's just got my name written all over it. So the number yeah. one, the first place winner of the 2022 Chicago Tribune Holiday Cookie Contest is is was is Christine. I'm sorry. Caroline Crispino with her chocolate salted caramel surprise cookie. Oh, wow. And, yeah, so also, if you're a big chocoholic like me, too, um, it is a chocolate cookie dough wrapped around, spoiler alert, a salted caramel center. And I got a chance to chat with Caroline about the recipe, and um, it started as a mistake. Because, you know, as I mentioned, she was making her own salted caramel, which is, you know, I mean, it can be a technical um, challenge. Right. And um, so she went, so when a batch went went, went wrong, she um, got Rolo candies. The, the, the chocolate uh, caramel uh, little candy drops. Exactly. Wow. So she bought Rolos. She quickly Googled because she had the recipe going and she had to be someplace with those oh cookies. She was them. Wow, yeah. Wow. For a uh, potluck. And so, um, so she Googled and she figured, yeah, Rolo, the Rolo candy, uh, with the chocolate on the outside and the caramel in the center worked. And, um, to her, what made the biggest difference was, uh, kind of upping the salt game. So she was using just kosher salt, which she says, you know, works per- perfectly fine. But um, that salt with the caramel, which has become, like, the really hot flavor trend of the last, sure. like, decade or so, right. she recommends, if you can, using that really super flaky snow white Malden sea salt. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, just absolutely love that. Wow. So she swears anybody can make this recipe. She says it's a super easy recipe so dean this might have all right this, you written all of this it may too. Have my name on it it, it sure it yeah. sure sounds great uh mm-hmm. and these uh, pictures oh my gosh these pictures of these mm-hmm. winning recipes are uh, just phenomenal uh you can uh you can get the recipes if you go to chicagotribune.com uh they're very easy to find mm-hmm. but if you just do a google search of uh tribune 2022 holiday cookie contest It'll take you right to the page, and you'll be able to uh, find it all. Uh, Louisa, I'm looking forward to talking to you more uh, on our food show uh, in the new year. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful holiday, and I really appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dean, and happy holidays and happy baking. 
Thank you. Yeah, I'll let you know how it turns out. If okay. you don't, you don't hear of any house fires, you know it went okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep you posted. Thank you so much for joining us today.